Welcome to Men Alive, a biblical journey to help us conform to the image of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Paul Estabrooks. Our teacher is my longtime friend, Dr. Jim Cunningham, consultant in adult education, director of Go Teach Global, and author of the book Men Alive. Pablo, as fathers, how many times as a parent did we try to teach our children to never tell a lie? Many times, too many to count. And that's not a lie. Lying was considered so serious a sin in the Bible that it was virtually impossible for us to ever consider that there might be an occasion when it was permissible to tell a lie. The Ten Commandments identify that you shall not murder, steal, or bear false witness, which includes lying. For example, using false weights and balances. In some cultures and religions, it's okay to say something that is not true if you say what the other person wants to hear. Various Google websites describe research as to how many times a day a person tells a lie. The number varies from once or twice to even more. On a more serious note, listen to what Jesus says about lies in this exchange between Jesus and the religious leaders of his day as recorded in John chapter 8. Jesus told them, quote, If God were your father, you would love me because I have come to you from God. I am not here on my own, but he sent me. Why can't you understand what I am saying? It's because you can't even hear me, for you are the children of your father, the devil, and you love to do the evil things he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Jesus calls the devil a liar and the father of lies. That's strong language. Yet we read stories in the Bible of people who appeared to lie for one apparently good reason. Listen while we review a few and see if you can detect anything the stories have in common. First story, Exodus 1.19, the midwives in Egypt. They were told to kill the baby boys, not the girls. This is what they said in the scriptures. But because the midwives feared God, they refused to obey the king's command. They allowed the boys to live too. The king called for the midwives. Why have you allowed the boys to live? And here is their answer. The Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women. They are more vigorous and have their babies so quickly that we cannot get there in time. Jim, wait. Excuse my excitement, but those midwives were protecting the lives of those baby Hebrew boys. What they said may have been true, so perhaps it was not a lie. Okay, touche, my brother. I love the way you try to keep me honest in my exegesis of Scripture. Let me try number two, second story, Joshua chapter 2, verse 4. Joshua sent two spies into the land west of the Jordan River around Jericho. The two men set out and came to the house of a prostitute named Rahab, stayed there the night. But someone told the king of Jericho, some Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho sent orders to Rahab. Bring out the men who have come into your house, for they have come here to spy out the whole land. Rahab had hidden the two men, but she replied, Yes, the men were here earlier, but I don't know where they were from. They left the town at dusk, as the gates were about to close. I don't know where they went. If you hurry, you can probably catch up with them. 
Actually, she had taken them up on the roof and hidden them beneath bundles of flax that she had laid out. So the king's men went looking for the spies along the road leading to the shallow crossings of the Jordan River. Did Rahab tell a lie? For sure, but like the midwives, she was lying to protect someone's life who was about to be killed if she told the truth. It reminds me of the story told by Corrie ten Boom when she was hiding Jewish people in her home in Holland during the Second World War. The German soldiers would knock on her door and ask, Do you have any Jews in this house? Her family had Jews in her bedroom, in the hiding place. So she answered, No, we do not have any Jews in this house. Excuse me for interrupting you, Pablo, but listeners could say she told a lie. How did Corey justify telling a lie as a Christian? Her answer was, you have to finish the question. What the German soldiers were really asking was, do you have any Jews in this house that we can arrest, take to prison, and kill? Corey's answer to, do you have any Jews in this house, was, no, we do not have any Jews in this house that you can arrest, take to prison, and kill. Here's another one, Pablo. 1 Samuel 19.17 David was playing his harp for King Saul, who was suffering from an evil spirit, when a fit of rage struck Saul, and he hurled his spear at David. David escaped, leaving the spear stuck in the wall, and ran away for his life. Michal, David's wife, warned him, If you don't escape tonight, you'll be dead by morning. So she helped him climb out through a window, and he fled and escaped. Then she took an idol, put it in his bed, covered it with blankets, and put some goat's hair at the head. And when the troops came to arrest David, she told them he was sick and couldn't get out of bed. That was her first lie. But Saul sent the troops back to get David. He ordered, bring him to me in his bed so I can kill him. But when they came to carry David out, they discovered that it was only an idol in the bed with a cushion of goat hair at its head. Why have you betrayed me like this and let my enemy escape? Saul demanded of Michal. I had to, Michal replied. He threatened to kill me if I didn't help him. Her second lie. Are we beginning to see a pattern here? Midwives, Rahab, Mikal, even Corrie ten Boom, each told a lie to save another person's life. And I'm telling the truth when I say this is a listener-supported radio program, Men Alive with Dr. Jim Cunningham. We encourage you to join these supporters, which you can do by going to our website, GoTeachGlobal.com. There you can also listen to any or many of earlier Men Alive programs. Another of Dr. Jim's website pages allows you to download all the free documents offered here on the Men Alive programs. There is one we want to especially highlight on this program. It is titled, Live the Jesus Way. It contains 30 daily devotionals based on verses from two sources of the New Testament where Jesus identifies the key elements of his unique teaching. Live the Jesus Way is free for the downloading at goteachglobal.com. And of course, you can always contact Dr. Jim at menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. Jim, do you have another story to add? Here's another example in 1 Samuel 21. When David was running away from Saul to save his life, David went to the town of Nob to see Ahimelech the priest. Ahimelech trembled when he saw David. Why are you here alone, he asked. Why is no one with you? The king has sent me on a private matter, David said. He told me not to tell anyone why I am here. 
That's his first lie. David asked Ahimelech, do you have a spear or a sword? The king's business was so urgent that I didn't even have time to grab a weapon. Second lie. Jim, I used to play Canadian football when I was in high school. That game is based on deceiving the opponents. No one tells a verbal lie, but the aim of the game is to confuse or deceive your opponent to get the ball across the goal line. We even use terms like a fake handoff or a quarterback sneak. Anything legal to win was the aim. Here's another story in 1 Samuel 27. David kept thinking to himself, someday Saul is going to get me. The best thing I can do is escape to the Philistines. Then Saul will stop hunting me in Israelite territory and I will finally be safe. So David took his 600 men and went over and joined Achish, the son of Maok, the king of Gath. David and his men and their family settled there with Achish at Gath. David brought his two wives along with him, Ahinoam from Jezreel and Abigail, Nabal's widow from Carmel. Word soon reached Saul that David had fled to Gath. So Saul stopped hunting for him. One day David said to Achish, If it is all right with you, we would rather live in one of the country towns instead of here in the royal city. So Achish gave him the town of Ziklag, which still belongs to the kings of Judah to this day. And they lived there among the Philistines for a year and four months. David and his men spent their time raiding the Geshurites, the Gerizites, and the Amalekites, people who had lived near Shur toward the land of Egypt since ancient times. David did not leave one person alive in the village he attacked. He took the sheep, goats, cattle, donkeys, camels, clothing, before returning home to see King Achish. Where did you go for your raid today? Achish would ask. And David would reply, against the south of Judah, the Jeremielites and the Kenites. No one was left alive to come to Gath and tell the king where David had really been. This happened again and again while he was living among the Philistines. Achish believed David and thought to himself, by now the people of Israel must hate him bitterly. Now he will stay here and serve me forever. Here's David surrounded by Philistines, the enemies of Israel, who earlier wanted to kill him for slaying their giant Goliath. And again David tells Achish outright lies about what he is doing. Why? To save his life, his family, and the 600 men with him. The picture is getting very clear. Saving a life from certain death is one of our highest values. Jonathan, the son of King Saul, knew his father had tried to kill David, so they arranged a test. When the new moon festival began, the king sat down to eat, but David's place was empty, and when David's place was empty again the next day, Saul asked Jonathan, Why hasn't the son of Jesse been here for the meal, either yesterday or today? Jonathan replied, David earnestly asked me if he could go to Bethlehem. He said, Please let me go, for we're having a family sacrifice. My brother demanded that I be there, so please let me get away to see my brothers. That's why he isn't here at the king's table. The king suspected this was a lie. Saul boiled with rage at Jonathan. You stupid son of a whore, he swore at him. Do you think I don't know that you want him to be king in your place? Shaming yourself and your mother? As long as that son of Jesse is alive, you'll never be king. Now go and get him so I can kill him. But why should he be put to death, Jonathan asked his father. What has he done? 
Then Saul hurled his spear at Jonathan, intending to kill him. So at last Jonathan realized that his father was really determined to kill David. Saving a life is of paramount importance for us as men. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all would come to faith in Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord and have everlasting life. Scripture teaches that our spiritual adversary, Satan, lies to deceive us and destroy us. As followers of Jesus Christ, we must speak the truth in love to save others from eternal death, and if necessary, even tell a life-saving story to protect an innocent person from certain death. There you have it, men. A rather different way to look at some familiar Bible stories. Let's do all we can to protect life. And above all, not to lie to ourselves, but to follow the way, the truth, and the life, our Lord Jesus Christ. To communicate with Dr. Jim or to request a copy of today's program on life-saving lies, email him at menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. And for more information, go to goteachglobal.com. Until next time, I'm Paul Estabrooks encouraging you to be men alive, transformed to be more like Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm.